Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. And I love it because Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. I don't talk about it a ton, but I have a fishing company. Five years ago, actually five years ago this month, my best friend Aaron and I started a bass fishing weight company called Woo Tungsten because woo is the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. So we sell tungsten weights for bass fishing and Shopify has made it so incredibly easy. They have all the tools and the resources that we need. No matter how big or small your business is, they just make it so effortless. And like mine, Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale. And you can reach customers online and across social networks with their ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. And you can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond, which is something we use a ton. More than just a store, Shopify grows with you. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business today with Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Shopify.com slash bluewire. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Discussing Conversations about the San Francisco 49ers franchise podcast, also known as the Talking Niners podcast. I am your host. I'm sorry, Sam. Threw a little curveball there. No, I was I'm like, your host, what? <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, Kobe Ransom. This is part. This podcast is part of the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Um, last time we discussed things on this podcast. Things have happened since then, obviously, because it's what happens. Uh, and with me to discuss all the things that happened is not in a wire, Sam. Sam, what's going on, my friend? What's going on, man? One week until the draft, six days when this comes out. Really looking forward to that. Obviously, a lot of content coming up, a lot of news coming out about signings, draft, everything, you name it. Should be one hell of a week. I'm ready to talk about it. Let's go. All right. So, um, We'll get into Lance's Pro Day, I'm sure we have planned to get into this a little earlier, but, you know, schedules are a little rough. But some signings happened. I'm glad we waited the day because another one happened today that we get to talk about. So the Niners, there are three new Niners as of yesterday and today. We have the Maurice Hurst signing, the Wayne Gallman signing, and the Arden Key signing. And I think they're all one-year deals, if I'm not mistaken. We don't know the details yet. But uh, more depth at positions of – Need, I guess you can say the Niners are strengthening that defensive line. Then we have uh, Sam, you had some some uh, pretty bold takes on the Gallman signing, but we'll start with the most recent one, Maurice Hurst. Uh, still relatively young, he is 25. Well, not really, he is young, 25 years old. He was one of the Raiders' better interior defensive linemen, and somehow for some reason they let him go for nothing, but. He was a free agent. He lasted quite a while, but now he's going to be a San Francisco 49er. Um, you know, some depth on the interior alongside DJ Jones, and maybe he could 
be competition for that starting, um, you know, defensive tackle spot, at least uh, in, in base uh, base packages. Also have Arden Key, who is, you know, more of a – he's a young guy. He was, uh, along with Hurst, was also at one point, like, you know, like a first-round prospect. But I think we just drafted third round. He's, he's 24 years old. Things didn't really work out for him in Oakland, uh, now Las Vegas. We'll see what uh, oh, Chris Costori can do with him. And then Wayne Gallman. Didn't really start out of Clemson. He's 26 years old. Had, when Barkley got injured, he was the starting back for the Giants last year. Did relatively well. Had, if I can find the numbers here, I haven't pulled up and I can't read them correctly. Uh, he had, why can't I read? It was like 600 yards, I think. Yeah, there we go. They got, they got it on here weird. Okay, so he had 147 rush attempts for 682 yards, 4.6 yards per average. So some competition. You know, in that running back spot, could he start? Is he just going to be a rotational piece? Will he just be a part of Shanahan? Whoever's hot will get the most carries package uh, or philosophical approach. We'll see. Sam, I know you had – you said it's a chance he's probably going to be RB1 at some point uh, as I come to season with Gallman. So let's you start with Gallman. Go ahead and, uh, and, uh, and you know state your case and why Gallman may be RB1 for Shanahan this year, upcoming year. Yeah, so Wayne Gallman, this is a guy who I talked on my stream about with Jordan, who was on the last podcast. If you haven't checked that out, what are you waiting for? But this is a guy who I thought could replace Tevin Coleman. He ended up replacing Tevin Coleman. And personally, I love this signing. Wayne Gallman's a guy who was behind Saquon last year, and when he had the opportunity, he stepped in and did really well. And that's what I love about Wayne Gallman. He capitalized on the opportunity, did really well, and this is he was behind a Giants team that didn't have the best offensive line, didn't have the best offensive weapons. They had to rely on him a bit more, which, I mean, 600 yards when you're relying on that guy a bit more, it's not the best, but at the same time, he was an RB2. That's what it's for. Now you're going into Kyle Shanahan's system. Kyle Shanahan, as I like to say, as always, he can work with any running back he wants. Wayne Gallman coming in the system. I love this signing. And I think, yes, I do believe that Wayne Gallman could be the RB1. When you look at this team, one thing I tweeted out yesterday that is very interesting. Wayne Gallman's a running back, obviously. Raheem Mostert's not only a running back, but he can play special teams. My theory is that you use Wayne Gallman more at that RB1 spot and let Raheem Mostert get those reps at running back, but also take that gunner position that he was so good at, almost a pro bowler for. So I do believe that Wayne Gallman could even could definitely step into that role as RB1. It might not be week one, but it's somewhere between training camp and the end of the year, I do believe he'll be the RB1 for the 49ers. Now, I was going back and forth with another guy we had on the podcast uh, about a month ago, N- Niner Nick. Make sure to check him out and his stuff out. But he asked me, what's the difference between Wayne Gallman and Tevin Coleman? And the answer is simple. Wayne Gallman was not under Shanahan before. So you got a whole lot of upside with that, a whole lot of potential. Because Tevin Coleman, you kind of saw what he could do with Kyle Shanahan in a backfield that is a committee backfield. Wayne Gallman... First of all, has not been in a committee backfield. The Giants' backfield is a workhorse backfield. Saquon Barkley is the workhorse back. When he went down, they turned to Wayne Gallman to be that workhorse back. You can say, oh, they used Deion Lewis a little bit. They did not really. Wayne Gallman was the main guy for the New York Giants. Now adding him into a committee back. He's going to get less reps, which I think is good for this team because you had all those injuries for this team with Mostert, with Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty went down. Jarek McKinnon, obviously those injuries, he's not coming back. But I think that works out really well with that committee 
for Wayne Gallman in the 49ers. So personally, I love this move. And even if Wayne Gallman isn't going to be RB1, the running back core that you have right now going into the year, Wayne Gallman, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, all three of those guys have been an RB1 for us, by the way. Then you got Jamichael Hasty, And lastly, you're either going to have Austin Walter or you're going to take an undrafted free agent. Overall, that's a very solid core. You got four guys. Well, I'm not necessarily four guys that I'm high on because I am a bit lower on Raheem Mostert than most people. You guys probably know that from seeing watch some watching some of my streams, seeing my tweets. So that could also be a reason why I believe Gallman could be RB1. But you have a solid core. Jamichael Hasty is a guy I'm so high on. He could be RB1 too. Really, any of these guys can be RB1. If I had to place my bet on it, I would go Wayne Gallman though. And a solid core, Gallman, Moster, Wilson, Jamichael Hasty, and Austin Walter slash undrafted free agent. Love what I see from this running back core. So... You know, we know Shanahan doesn't normally typically have an RB1 for an entire season. Normally, it's just whoever's the hot hand. Exactly. And because 2019, we saw Coleman was the guy at first, and it was Brita was second back. And then Moser wasn't even really playing, you know, early on. And then uh, Brita got injured, and Coleman was injured, and he was forced to, to come in and play uh, some. And he he produced pretty well and ended up getting the, uh, the majority of, of the reps at running back for the rest of the season. So we'll see if that same kind of situation happens again. But I think the one thing that, you know, none of the other backs can replace, um, well, not replace, but be able to replicate that most it does bring is the home running ability, the the, the the ability to take a 10-yard a run to the house, you know, like that, that's the thing. Only Mostert has that on the roster. And I think that's why he, you know, and obviously I made the case for saying, you know, maybe Wilson should be the the workhorse back of, of the group and then maybe you just use, um, this is before Gallman was signed, of course, but maybe use most of more as more sparingly, you know, more like maybe 10 to 12 carries a game, you know, not, no, not any, unless he's like really going then maybe you give him up in the 16, 18, 20 range. But other than that, I think you go for, you know, 10, 12, you can get 60 on, on like 10, 12 carries. This is really, really uh, efficient for him. But, you know, that home run hitting ability is just something you won't get from anywhere else on anyone else on the roster. And Gallman, you know, he's not a burner, but he's, he's a solid running back. Um, so you won't get that from him either. But once again, it, it, you know, it just kind of basically is the Tevin Coleman replacement. And we know Coleman had a couple of games here and there where he was getting 100-something yards, uh, 70, 80 yards. And Gallman may be better than Tevin Coleman. And he's, you know, another thing, Gallman is the only uh, running back on the roster currently who was drafted. So as far as a talent standpoint, maybe you can say that Gallman might be the most talented since he was the only one who was drafted. But you know, sometimes, you know, players come in certain situations that don't really help them out. So they're capable of more than we think. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's a solid signing. I mean, it's another uh, quality running back to add to the committee to strengthen Shanahan's, you know, running back by committee approach. And uh, the backfield looks pretty nice for the Niners heading into the season. So whether whether Gallman really gets a lot of snaps or not, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, Shanahan backs normally do well in the Shanahan system. Think as long as you know the line doesn't have any injuries and Kittle stays healthy most of the season, the running game should be pretty lethal. And uh, Gallman only helps that. And then we also have have the uh, the lineman signings. We have Hurst and Key. Oh, and one more thing on Gallman, I just want to okay. say real quick. I, I just want to clarify the RB one point. You're definitely right about that. He's not going to be the RB one for this team. There is no RB one. The better way to put it is the hot hand or the best back. That's another thing. Another reason why I like Wayne Gallman, I was talking about this with Nick from Nothing But Niners last night. Make sure to check them out. But he said that he's more of a, he's kind of a beanball, but can also get those five yards for you. 
And that's what I like about Wayne Gallman. You have that versatility. And this has been a common theme with what well, th- this is just me personally. Maybe it's not necessarily been the theme of the offseason for the 49ers, I should say, but just me personally and like who I want for this team. I'm always looking for that versatility. Wayne Gallman has it. A lot of my mock drafts have had it. A lot of the guys I wanted to bring in free agency have had that. Samson Ebukam was one of those guys I ha- that has that versatility, in my opinion. So versatility is a big thing, and I think you get that with Wayne Gallman. That's all I wanted to add to that. All right. Uh, Maurice Hurst kind of touched on him a little bit. Um, I guess I'll let you touch on it, Sam. Like I said, Hurst, uh, interior defensive lineman guy, has some depth there. Side, Nick, uh, not Zach Kerr and uh, DJ Jones to help out with that. I don't think the Blair signing went through, which I think is a big reason why Arden Key was signed because I don't think Blair passes physical. So mm-hmm. also some depth on the on the outside as well. So yeah, and looking at these two guys, these are two guys who three years ago should have been first round picks. Arden Key had off the field issues, some of the most serious character issues in that draft. Mohurst had a heart condition that made him drop to the fifth round. And both of these guys have been doing pretty well with the Raiders. I I have a one of my closest friends is a Raiders fan. I text him, what do you think about Maurice Hurst? The Niners just signed him. He said he is really good in the run. Pass prote- pass rush is not that good, but that that's okay with us because we have such a deep defensive line. I think adding Maurice Hurst to that, you can put him down in you can put him on the field, first down, second down, you name it. And you can't really go wrong with defensive tackle depth. As you said, right now, our defensive line depth, decent. I want to highlight the defensive tackles real quick. DJ Jones, Kevin Givens, Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, possibly Eric Armstead, depending on where they want to play him this year. Darion Daniels, maybe he could be a cut, uh, a camp cut. And Maurice Hurst. That's a phenomenal defensive tackle. Also, depth. Okay, Those, one thing about Kevin Givens, Kevin Givens is he had the assault charge. Uh, a that is ago. true. So we'll see but if my, my only thing with Kevin Givens, I. The, the thing with Kevin Givens is the Niners knew about it before it came out. They haven't done anything about that. I, I Hopefully that that means that there's something good with Kevin Givens. We'll have to see. Maybe the draft will tell us otherwise, something we do in the draft. But either way, I think with or without Kevin Givens, that's a solid defensive tackle depth. You really only need four or five for a team. You have five or six that are very solid defensive tackles. So I will happily take that right now. And as for Arden Key... This is a guy who went, he's, he kind of got rid of those character concerns a little bit. I think that you can say they're up in the air a little bit, say whatever you want about that. Injury concerns is why he struggled with the Raiders a little bit. He did have a lot of injuries with the Raiders. It didn't really work out for him there, but bring him in. If he's healthy, he's a beast. Last year, he got to the quarterback, I believe 8% of the time or something like that. 8% of the rushes were quarterback pressures. It was some stat like that. Kerry Hyder only had 6.4. That just goes to show you, how good Arden Key was last year for the Raiders, how underrated he is. It's definitely also a bit interesting that the Niners are bringing in someone who has notoriously had character issues. They have not done that since Reuben Foster got cut. So maybe there's a change of faith for the 49ers with John Lynch, Kyle Shannon, and maybe they're willing to take more risk. But overall, this is a very low-risk, high-reward guy. If he doesn't pan out, if he has character issues, you can cut him. You have guys like Zach Kerr. Samson Ebukam, maybe D Ford. You'll probably get another guy in the draft as well. And Nick Bosa, obviously. So you have some good guys there. Contavious Street being another one. And high reward, this dude, if D Ford is unhealthy, if something goes wrong with Ebukam or Bosa, this guy can step in and be a starter, in my opinion. So overall, two great signings. Also, Grant Cohen pointed this out today. Both Key and Hurst are cheaper than Solomon Thomas combined. 
And as an, I'm, I'm an Oakland A's fan, for those of you who don't know, it's the money ball right here. We're taking the Bay Area, best Bay Area baseball team, going to the Bay Area football team. We will happily take that using the strats. I love that right there. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess this would raise questions about what the Niners are planning to do with pick 43 now because, you know, some were saying maybe they go edge. Um, I know Arden Key isn't going to solve any edge problems. He's, he's a guy you're taking a chance on who could maybe turn out to hit for you. But it's edge depth. This, I think that's what really what we need. It's yeah. not going I, – I, it somewhat solves a problem. If it doesn't work out, there's guys that you can get in free agency or the draft too, or undrafted free agency, whatever. So, you yeah, want. now now the question is: Are the Niners maybe targeting corner in round two? We, we've never seen them draft corner higher than round three, which was a killer wizard spoon back in their very first draft. They haven't drafted a defensive back that high since then. So Tavares Moore was a third round pick. Yeah, but he's a safety, so I that's mean, true. They made him play corner his first year, but he was a he was drafted as a safety. Got gotcha. so. I mean, we'll see if the Niners maybe go corner pick 43. Because Grant, you know, we all know that Grant says some outlandish, you know, outlandish stuff sometimes. But he, he <laughs> said that, you know, if Jason Fred gets hurt, this Niners secondary isn't too good. And I was, I was thinking, I was like, man, if Fred goes down, you're thinking you got Dante Johnson on one side, then Emmanuel Mosley on the other side. And we saw Mosley struggle when he had to go against uh, opposing team's number one receiver. So, I mean, that secondary, I mean, if, and we know Brett has the injury concerns. Obviously, he wasn't injured last year. And that was like his almost his first year in how many years? Like four or five years without having something that like that. Injury. That was like, that was the healthiest season he's ever played, I think, or something. Yeah. Like that. So, I mean, you got to have some kind of ins- insurance. And if Dante Johnson is your insurance, you know, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Johnson, he, he's a little better than he gets credit for. But at the same time, you can do much better than, than Dante Johnson. So maybe the Niners. Are targeting corner higher than they have in the past, but I mean, then again, we could see them possibly go receiver again at, at uh, forty-three, or maybe even go wild card and draft a running back, you know, super high. So, which I know a lot fun. of people, it it would be kind of fun, but I don't know. So a lot of people were, were ang- I tweeted today. I was like, imagine if Shannon had a. I said first round talent, but I kind of just meant like really just like top 10, top 15, you know, kind of talent running back. Now it's like, just imagine and people are already getting mad at me for like, why would they do that? There's no need to like Shanahan makes every back he has on his team good. It's like, I know, but just imagine if you had like a Camara type talent or, uh, you know, Elliot type talent or something like that. Just somebody you can get in, you know, day one, day two, it would be kind of intriguing. Now, I wonder if the Niners are, are possibly thinking of really getting a, you know, legit workhorse back who comes in they can play all three downs and you know you and can can take two you know high 200 low 300 carries you know it's, it's really the Niners haven't had a thousand yard rusher in how many years it's been forever since we had a thousand yard rusher we don't really you know the Niners haven't had that kind of back in forever so maybe they think about it but yeah I think at this point I think corner feels like the highest priority for um, amongst the fans of who they think the Niners should go with at pick 43. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. Cornerback, in my opinion, if you're at 43 and there's a cornerback sitting there you want, I think you have to take that. You need cornerback depth for this team. Personally, I want a gritty quarterback. I want a guy who can, who is physical, who will ball out week in, week out, who has that mental toughness. A guy I like to compare that to, 
not the mental toughness part, but a Kel Witherspoon. That guy's a gritty cornerback, just his on-field play. And he got that great also by the end of the year, kind of developing that mental skills. He kind of brought that back. And that's what scares me so much about going to Seattle. But we're not here to talk about Keller Witherspoon. He's no longer on the team. We need a Keller Witherspoon replacement. So a few guys that I like in the draft, Afedu Melifanu is my top guy who can be a gritty cornerback for this team. This guy would probably go round one, round two. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe pro probably round two guy. That's what you're probably looking at for a Fadu Melifonwu. His brother's also on the team and Obi Melifonwu. So I think that works out really well for the 49ers. You can probably get him at 43. May have to make a move up. I don't really know. Other than that, you might you might want to trade down from this place. I do think that you don't pick from between 43 and 102. You don't have a pick. The Niners could use help at wide receiver. A Demetric Felt Felton could very much be in play here. An edge could be in play, or a guy like James Hudson on the offensive line could be in play round three. There's a lot of guys I can see them going round three. So maybe trading back with the team. One team that is very interesting to me, the Baltimore Ravens. They do have a need at they have a major, major need at wide receiver and edge, and they have two third round picks. Maybe they're willing to trade up from 43 to I believe it's 59, and then give us one of our their thirds. They have Minnesota's third and their own third. So that could work out very well for us trading down with Baltimore. We'll have to see what happens. But anyways, back to guys, back to corner guys that you could possibly get at 43, possibly later, possibly round three, maybe even later. We'll have to see. But a few guys I want to point out, Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky. This guy's a really gritty cornerback. And I'm, by the way, I'm only talking about outside cornerback. I think you have a good nickel with K1 Williams. Backup nickel, I it's kind of iffy at this point, but I think you really need the outside cornerbacks. I think that's a bit more important because I do think you can slide in the guy like Jimmy Ward or Tavares Moore to that nickel corner spot or J uh, Jared Maiden. That's another guy I can slide there. But anyways, Kelvin Joseph is a great guy out of Kentucky. That's a guy I want to watch a bit more film on. I kind of just discovered him, if I'm being honest. But from what I've read, gritty guy, you want him on the team. This is one guy I've been all over this entire draft process. You've talked about J.C. Horn. How about the guy who's playing opposite of him? Israel Mukuwamu. This dude's a beast, making plays every day. In my opinion, one of the most, if not the most underrated prospect in this class. A lot of people have been saying he's a round four, round five guy. I think he's a round three guy. I don't really get why teams are so low on him. I think Israel Mukuwamu is an absolute beast. If he hits, he's going to be one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Other guys I'll quickly point out, Eric Stokes, Benjamin St. Just. And there's this other guy from Michigan that someone referred me to today. I think it's like, I forget his name, but those are three guys that apparently are really gritty cornerbacks. I wanted, I've, I've watched a bit of St. Juice film. I really like what I've seen there. Eric Stokes, you saw that 40 time ridiculous right there. And the Michigan cornerback, I need to do a bit more research on, but I heard good things about him today. So that's what I'm thinking right there. If you want a cornerback at 43, you go with one of those three guys. Also, there's the guys you can get later in the draft as well, but I definitely think you need a guy day two on your team at cornerback. Yeah, and then also, if Niners, we've, the Niners have traded up for their second selection in the, in the draft three or the four times since Shanahan and Lynch have been with the Niners. So maybe if Greg Newsom is available, you know, late first, and let's say potentially they traded Garoppolo for a second or third round pick. Maybe they trade, they package two twos or a two and something else, something else trade up and get Newsom and maybe handle a corner that way. That's actually, that's another name I forgot. I, I mean, he's probably a round one guy, but in my last mock, I had him fall into the Niners at 43. The cards just played that way. So maybe they do trade up for him. I do think you would have to trade up pretty high for him. 
his draft stock has been just exponentially growing. So I definitely think you need to trade up fairly high for him, probably early 20s. But we'll have to see. If you do want to, speaking of early 20s, if you want a trade partner, the Chicago Bears, that's a team that I think is going to trade back in this draft. So that could be a very good target, a trade target for the 49ers if they want to move up that high. Yeah, so if Niners, you know, have this guy, because we, we've seen it in the, in the past and that three to four years kind of proves that when there's a guy that they feel very strongly about, they're they're they willing to, they're willing to trade up for him. You know, they don't normally let their guys slip past him if they're in reach. So, I mean, if they think highly of, and we, we don't know because they've only drafted a corner, you know, as high as three one time, that's with a spoon. We'll see maybe now because the depth there isn't that great if they do it again. Um, if they draft a guy, maybe even higher than, than round three, maybe two, maybe maybe even trade back, like I said, trade back into the first round, like I said, for Newsom. But um, it definitely feels like corner needs to get addressed at some point. If they, some people will say they could draft two, maybe three corners just to try to find somebody who can who can be a solid depth piece or be a starter after the season is over. Maybe if if Verrett ends up leaving, he gets paid a bunch of money somewhere else, or if mostly just looks shaky. You know, coming up to see coming this upcoming season, and, and a lot of it depends on really what kind of you know coverage they plan to run with Demico Ryan. So if it's going to be more man, if it's going to be more zone, we know some corners are a little more uh, effective in zone coverage than man. But that doesn't mean they probably can't play man. Maybe they just didn't play a whole lot of man, you know, in college. Maybe they had they're a little better at it than we think. But yeah, it's interesting. All right, so also okay. one more thing, one more guy I want to talk about really quickly. You're talking about guys that can fall. I talked about this last episode. Caleb Farley could very much fall, could very much sit behind guys like Jason Verrett. You have that. He's a raw prospect, has some injury concerns. That screams upside to me. That also screams you might want to sit in that first year. That screams 49ers to me. That's what we're looking for. All right. Um, on to back to the quarterbacks because, you know, you always got to talk about quarterbacks. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I put, I, I didn't like, I put the tweet out, I think a couple of days, the days ago, but I was thinking about it because we were talking about quarterbacks for so long. I was like, man, how long have we been talking about uh, quarterbacks? And I went all the way back to September. <laughs> it's like after Garoppolo's week one game, people started coming out with questions. It wasn't that strong then, but then after the injury, and then the Mullins thing happened, and then people were, were saying Mullins better than Garoppolo, and we've been arguing ever since. So we've been arguing about arguing and debating quarterbacks for about eight months at this point. And it is absurd to think about every day for the past eight months. We've been debating the quarterback position and um, we're going to do this more. Trey Lance had his pro day. What was it? Monday. So when you listen to this, that's about four days ago. Uh, as far as the media that came from it was nowhere near as exciting as Justin Fields. We didn't get any any Kyle smiles. We didn't get him talking to Lance, anything like that. And we got a couple of clips, about three or four clips, um, some highlights from the pro day itself. Some people questioned whether it's because there weren't that many highlights to show, and that's why there was only four, uh, which would probably suck if that was the case, because that means you had a pretty bad pro day if you only have four highlights. But I don't think that's the case. But – um. Yeah, the camera angles didn't do him any justice, but from what we've seen, you know, we saw Trey Lance be Trey Lance. You know, that stuff that he did in the pro day is also on film. You know, he's got a he's a very talented thrower. He's got a he's got a big arm. Uh, his, we have the accuracy concerns. Um, you've heard he's been working with John with people with uh, you know in camps and everything over the uh, offseason, obviously as he should be. 
uh, preparing for the draft, trying to improve his mechanics and things like that. We know that um, Kyle asked him to work with John Beck, and he did. And, you know, and the thing about these quarterbacks working with John Beck, John Beck worked with Zach Wilson. He worked with Justin Fields, and now he worked with Trey Lance. And John Beck is really close with Kyle Shanahan. Matt Barrow had an article on the situation. We know that Kyle and John are tight. And because of the whole COVID thing, we know that these, you know, inf- we're getting the information on these guys, trying to learn as much as you can about these guys in, in such a, a different offseason where you can't really meet with them face-to-face as often as you would like to. You know, no private workouts, uh, no combine, nothing like that. So, you know, I'm sure John Beck has been giving Kyle information about these quarterbacks, like, hey, how do they – handle this how do they understand this how do they take this what how, how are they improve how are they receiving information how are they adjusting and things like that so and the one guy they haven't done that with the one guy that hasn't met with john beck is mac jones and that's one of the biggest reasons why i think mac jones is probably off the table and probably was never on the table uh, we know they went through the pro day didn't have to be for mac jones maybe just doing their due diligence maybe they're they're there to talk to bill you know because bill Belichick was also there. So, and then Mac is still going strong. Like, the media is still pushing Mac Jones to San Francisco at number three because of the belief that that is the Shanahan quarterback, which is still ridiculous to me because he's basically said himself that Kirk Cousins is not his ideal quarterback. And people are still like, yeah, Mac Jones is Kyle's ideal quarterback because he's like Kirk Cousins. It's like, the man literally said that's not his ideal quarterback, but whatever, whatever. Oh, well, yeah, it, man. <laughs> Trey Lance had his pro day. We didn't see much, but Kyle probably saw everything he needed to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just I guess talk about the prospect. Lance, you know, played in um, you know a lesser conference because of the you know the conference that North Dakota State is in, you know, lesser competition. But at the same time, he ran a pro style offense. He lined up under center a lot. He was in charge of line calls. He was in charge of, of of checking plays and things of that nature. It wasn't to you know the usual college system where you look to the sideline for the coach to give you the you know the adjustments or whatever. He did that stuff himself at the age of 19. That people like to point out because he did it at such a young age, which is impressive, you know. And it's funny because those are things that normally quarterbacks sit for when they get to the NFL. They sit so they can learn how to have a huddle, how to call a lengthy play, how to read a defense and make line checks at the line and identify the mic and all that good stuff. Lance has already done that. The biggest concern with Lance right now is his accuracy because there are times where passes is kind of sailing him. Like and there's a guy open, he just kind of misses them. And that part to me, and that's where he differs from Justin Fields because Fields is probably the most consistently accurate quarterback in the class, uh, at least of the ones that have the you know, the mobility, the ones that have the superb athleticism. So that part is interesting. Let's see. I mean, if, if Kyle doesn't draft Trey Lance, um, that could be one of the reasons why. But a lot of people think it could be Trey Lance at three because of the fact that he ran the pro system. He might be of, of the term. The term pro ready to me kind of stinks anyway, because what does it really mean? Like, what does pro ready like? Does this mean like? You know, he's – I mean, in the NFL, it's just – it's like it's just a people's favorite term for guys they want – that they can start right away. They say, yeah, he's pro-ready. It's like, okay, define pro-ready. What does he, what you have to do to be pro-ready? Because 
technically Trey Lance is probably more pro-ready than Mac Jones because of the things he did at NDSU. But Mac Jones is the most pro-ready quarterback in the class. So that, that term is kind of loosely used uh, without a real meaning. But it's whatever. But, yeah, I mean, Trey Lance, there are things to like. I, I wouldn't be as excited if it was Lance was the pick as I would be if Fields is the pick because I just think Fields is a better prospect. But Lance is also a good prospect, and I would definitely much rather have him over over Matt Jones. And um, if he's a pick of three, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it at all. Trey Lance is actually higher than Justin Fields on my ranking. It's so close between those. You have Lawrence at one, Wilson two, Fields, Lance are so close to each other, and then Mac Jones is just Grand Canyon miles away. I don't know how long you that is, but anyways, and I think just going back to the pro ready term, I think it has to do with a lot of things. It has to do with the system. It has to do with the competition. It has to do with their play style. It has to do with what they need to fix. I think that's really what they're talking about, pro ready. And when you compare Justin Fields to Trey Lance, Justin Fields, he has that competition. He's played in a system that is – more suited for the NFL. There's more NFL things implemented in that system than the North Dakota State system. So that's those are two things where Justin Fields gets ready for get is more pro ready than Trey Lance, and that's why I'd rather take Justin Fields over Trey Lance because he is a bit more pro ready. But we're here to talk about the Trey Lance pro day, and from what I saw, this is what this is exactly why J- Trey Lance was my QB three. Nothing. I, we were talking about this before the podcast, Kobe. Nothing really impressed me too much because we already knew what he could do and he did that justin fields on the other hand we saw what he could do and yeah, we I mean, didn't know he i'll, could be, do I'll that. be fair like i already knew justin fields could do that stuff too like justin fields he was doing stuff in games as well i think the the only thing that made justin fields pro day interesting was kyle the fact that kyle was seen in the back you know with a on some of it was he had a, a grin on his face you know we saw he was laser focusing on one picture and then we had the picture of him talking directly to Justin Fields and they were having a good little chat. They're laughing, smiling. That's really the only, that's the only reason that Justin Fields pro day really popped because of the Kyle Shannon interaction. But other than that, it's the same with Lance. Like I knew Fields can do that stuff already. I already know he had that. Yeah. In the bag. Exactly. And I think some, there are three interesting takeaways that I got from this Trey Lance pro day. First of all, who was catching the balls? Jordan, yeah, Jordan Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. That's interesting. Why not give a North Dakota State receiver a chance? They put oh, it- they, the thing is, and someone pointed this out, and it's a good point. They're in season because NDSU didn't play. That's ball. true. You're right. Ball. And he already used receivers from. They can't. You can't reuse receivers in pro days. So I guess the guys that they wanted to use use them in the first one. So I guess um, Kyle yeah, yeah. wanted to get them an NFL caliber receiver to throw to. You know, so so he had somebody to throw to who was. And then you know Matthew's been with the Shannon the the Niners twice now, uh, not for long, but. He's been on the team twice. So that's why I think it was Matthews because he didn't have anyone to throw to. And Shanahan's familiar with, and they're running Shanahan concepts. So I think mm-hmm. Matthews was the best you could do at that point. That's fair. So yeah, I think Jordan Matthews, that's definitely interesting. And second of all, you said it right there Shanahan concepts. They keep running those Shanahan concepts. It seems like the Niners are just controlling the pro days because they did that with Justin Fields. They did that with Trey Lance. That's hard workouts to me. But, you know, the second – because they couldn't have private workouts. So the second pro day is like a private workout to me. That's fair. Yeah, I guess you could say that too. But it also seems like – one thing, another thing I just want to quickly point out real quick. A lot of people are saying, oh, the Niners I think are going to get Trey Lance because they brought a lot more guys there than they did Justin Fields pro day. But they got they got two Justin Fields showcases and only one Trey Lance showcase. So 
They brought all the guys to the, that one Trey Lance showcase when they could split it up for Justin Fields. And they brought some of those same guys back for Justin Fields. So still all the signs for me are pointing towards Justin Fields. But the other report that came out, I believe today, Matt Miller, and I'm not going to talk about what he said about Mac Jones, but let's talk about what he said about Trey Lance. That was the one of the quarterbacks he said had some of the best interviews for the quarterback prospects this year. So that's definitely a bit interesting. Maybe the Niners are a bit higher than him. I remember seeing a few years ago the Deshaun Kaiser rumors at pick two, maybe because of the interview. I don't know if that means anything, but no, I think, I mean, it, I think it does. I mean, because these oh, definitely, it definitely impacts at, everything. At, at one point, I think was it 2018? Drew Locke's supposed to go, supposed to go first round. He was supposed to be, yeah, a Drew Locke was supposed to go 2019. He, 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 to fell, he fell all the way to the second round. So, I mean, this I think is what no prime example for me. Actually, let's talk about a guy who we just signed, Arden Key. Yeah, he's another first guy round. who had poor yeah. interviews. So supposed to go first round, poor interviews, fell round three. That's a perfect example right there. So, but yeah, anyways, it, I mean, it makes a difference. I wonder if that makes the Niners change their mind about is it Justin Fields? Is it Trey Lance? I guess we'll have to wait because at this point, nothing's come out. We can only speculate. I personally believe it's Fields. You personally believe it's Fields. That's where we're at right now. Maybe we're right. Maybe we're wrong. Fields, we're yeah, half Fields, Fields will be my pick until he isn't the pick, which I think he will be the pick. Yeah, I'm with obviously. you on that. But Fields just makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, this quarterback stuff happens all the time. And it's funny because the only quarterback who hasn't really had a fair chance to be mocked to the – or had like a, a period where he's mocked to the Niners over and over again is Justin Fields. And it's kind of interesting because I don't want to say just like them just like trying to – disguise what they're going to do but you know we've seen a lot of lance to san francisco we've seen a lot of jones to san francisco we haven't seen a lot of fields to san francisco and normally whenever you don't see a lot of a certain player to san francisco normally means the player that's least talked about is normally going to go because the media never really knows what the niners are up to like and colin cowherd said this on his on it's one of the few things that cowherd said that just that made sense <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah but um Trading for Garoppolo, no one knew until it happened. You know, signing honestly, John Lynch becoming GM, no one knew until it happened. Um, trading the Forrest Buckner away, no one knew until it happened. Trading for Trent Williams, no one knew until it happened. The, the Forrest Buckner one, I will say there were rumors coming out, and I think everyone yeah, figured right out before about it happened. Before. Like, it was but like that's right before true. It happened. Like it yeah. wasn't like weeks leading up to it. It's like the day before. There's like, oh yeah, no, there's something big about to happen. Or I think yeah, like it was like hours before. it was like big that day of like an hour before you just see big defensive tackle about to be traded next yeah. week. The Niners are making a big move. Yeah, and then you just put the pieces so of the just, puzzle together. You just don't know until it happens. Like, and then they exactly. trade it up to pick three. You don't know until it happens. Like, and then all of a sudden the media knows it's going to be Mac Jones. The media knows it's going to be Trey Lance. Like, no one's saying they know it's going to be Justin Fields. So could the Niners potentially be giving people false information? Potentially, That's probably it. want to be a conspiracist for the situation. It's just funny to me how and people say no. Justin Fields is like nah. Only fans are are, are mocking Justin Fields to San Francisco. No one else is really doing it. National media, the local media, is saying Trey Lance. National media is saying uh, Mac Jones. No one's no one's saying Fields. Only people and people who say Fields are saying because it makes sense, not because they think the Niners will do it. They think, oh yeah, if, if the Niners are smart. They'll draft Justin Fields. Not like, oh, yeah, I think the Niners will draft Justin Fields. So, well, also, we talked about this last week. All the yeah. signs have been to Justin Fields. 
I don't get why we're the only ones that see that. Maybe we're just football gurus. Maybe this should be the football guru podcast, the football king <laughs> football podcast. I don't know, but I, I don't get how we're the only ones seeing this. And I keep having to bring this our, our episode up on other podcasts that I'm on, or even my podcast. I've only been on one other podcast, I should say. I brought this episode up, how we talked about the fields thing. I talked about it with friends. I've talked about it in tweets. I've talked about a lot, of, a lot of things that I have to keep bringing up because a lot of people, and I'm not, by the way, not at all blaming the podcast hosts at all. They were just asking me the question. But I've been talking to a lot of other people who are like, does Fields really make the most sense? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And I mean, the signs are obvious. You guys can listen to our last podcast about it. I'm not going to go into it now because we spent like 30 minutes on that last time. So yeah, you can just go back to it. Just go, you know, just go back to other, if you want to listen to what we said, there's episodes of us saying it. So just binge watch it, binge listen to our podcast. Yeah, man, just binge My everything God. from after pick three, the trade, and then just binge it. And we got it all for exactly. You. But yeah, I mean, Justin Fields makes the most sense, yet no one's mocking him to the Niners in the national media. And why is that? You know, is it because they just don't believe it's gonna happen, or is it because they're being told that's not gonna that's not gonna happen for you know calculated reasons? You know, I need, I need to draft to hurry up, really, because we're we do. <laughs> I, 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 I've been, we've been sitting here for like a month, just asking ourselves who yeah, is the pick. We're, we're having the same argument day after day. It's like day what, after day, who is the fields? pick? Like that's that's the question Once, every day. Why isn't it fields? Why? 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 That, I just day. cannot wait. If it's if the, I hopefully it's not Mac Jones. It should not be Mac Jones. I just cannot wait for all those people who are like. I it's a hundred percent Mac Jones. I cannot wait for all those people to just go, man. After pick three, it's going to be receipt day. <laughs> a bunch of I know. Gonna receipt day. Everyone's going to be, be mine. All Could the Mike Lombardi else's. tweets. Mike Lombardi is going to get, I think that guy's going to get flamed. We, we said like my I sources like. better than your sources. We're like, I trust my sources more than you trust your sources. It was something like that. Like where it was just kind of like bragging about what he knows he's going to get flamed. But, um, yeah, that's all I really got to say about the quarterback situation. Because it's funny, because also, like, Mel Kuyper, he said that the pick's going to be Mac Jones in his, like, predictive mock, but in his, like, best pick mock, like, we're doing what teams should do, he said Justin Fields. Like, no one wants to, like, predict Fields, but they're all saying the pick should be Fields. Like, what? Like what is happening with that? Like, I, I don't understand it, but it just, I mean, and it could just be them just, like, covering, covering their pick. I'm not trying not to family show trying not to say any bad words but yeah like they'd be like yeah well i don't think it's gonna be fields but it should be fields so, so when fields is the pick at three it's like oh well see i said they should do this they did what i said they should do like mm-hmm. come on man put a real pick exactly. out there. predict exactly it. just pre- yeah make your make guys. a prediction don't listen see what you find i mean if they have if they have sources telling them other things i don't blame them for relying on their sources but again as we said nothing really comes out of our organization yeah i mean no i don't one, know we'll have stuff to this big the stuff this big you just don't like all these signings barely anyone knew no who one knew who knew the niners were talking to gallman talking to hers talking to key no one knew until they were signed oh yeah the niners just signed no. No, Wayne Gallman and Wayne Gallman and Arden Key came out a while ago. That came out like a few days before okay. we signed them. But still, yeah. But, but no, well, if you want, if you want a better example, if you want a better example, how about Trent Williams? Like you obviously knew the Niners were talking to him. You didn't yeah, know when he was going to sign. All their big moves. It's like no one knew it until it you happened. didn't know that he was almost, almost going to Kansas that. City. 
And I think the best example is that Joe Staley retiring. The way that they kept that in, yeah, that just shows how good of an organization mm-hmm. this is. Because if that gets out, no way we get Trent Williams. Juice no check. way juice we have check. to I mean, get. Like we didn't know until John said himself, "Like, hey, you guys want some juice?" We we're like, "The hell is he talking about?" <laughs> but, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, but, yeah. I mean, and then, and then the media, out. like, like you said, Trent Williams, like everything was pointing towards Williams going elsewhere. Like nothing's really saying, "Oh yeah, they're close to a deal." It's like, yeah, I don't know. And now, now all of a sudden, we all know it's gonna be Mac. Or we all know it's gonna be Lance. We all know. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what we're supposed to believe. Right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to like like diss Trey Lance. I think he's a good prospect. I wouldn't mind him. You know, I, oh, like, absolutely. I, I, I would not I, mind. I, I mean, I he's my guy. Him. He's my quarterback three. Wouldn't mind him at all. I mean, anybody but Mac, please. <laughs> That's what That's I'm all I can it. say. Anyone? <laughs> anyone but Mac. Jones. Anyone but McCorkle. McCorkle. There you go. Once Mac I started like I was like, man, I can't. I can't do McCorkle. <laughs> can't do it yeah that's that's tough <laughs> i wouldn't mind but, mac I wouldn't, but not a pick three not when fields is there not when lance is there i mean mm-hmm. no okay exactly. last topic also speaking um, of mock right. drafts i'll let kobe go into this next topic. yeah okay so i tweeted out and no one it didn't really get a lot of attention which is good because i don't think i need to argue about it but i just it's mock draft season everyone's doing their mocks i can't get into them i don't know if i'm tripping I just think they're not worth the time. I haven't read any mocks this year, really. I haven't done any mocks. At least I haven't posted any. I've, I've ran through some. I was like, why is this guy going here? This doesn't make any sense. But I, had, I think I had a mock one time I did, and then, like, Max Jones went, like, number one. I was like, huh? Like, Was Jones that a was simulation like, or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, okay. I know simulations aren't accurate. I mean, they're kind of like – some are, some are kind of meant to be weird on purpose, but, like – I'm just like, how do people find this like a good resource? Like, I mean, there was no way Jones is good. I'd messed up the entire board. There's no way Jones is going to one. It's one time like Fields fell all the way to like 17. I was like, Fields isn't going 17. Like, what? But I mean, this the, the predictive, like the, the draft simulators. I mean, some are better than others, but I was like, okay, these, I mean, some of these just aren't accurate. Like, these are these are based on what writers think of where these players should go. But then again, NFL teams. You know, their boards for every team is different. They all value players differently, you know? Like, there's a reason why certain players go ahead of other players. And I had players in mind, but I forgot them all. But, I mean, you can go back to past drafts and look at the mock drafts and then see where they actually got drafted. And you'll be like, oh, wow. Uh, that was nowhere near Damon Arnett. From, if you want a prime example <laughs> from last draft, Damon Arnett. That's the prime guy. Like, Jordan Love was supposed to be a, a top 10 pick at some point. He's Followed to the back of the first round, drafted by the Packers. Damon Arnett, Damon Arnett picked that 19th, supposed to go round three. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, they're always whack, but like most, like mock drafts are going to be wrong. <laughs> like they're going. To I be mean, wrong the point of it, it's, it's just high. for the only point for mock drafts is to get is for fans to get a sense of what teams could be thinking. Yeah, that's, I know. It. I mean, that's the it's, only it's reason a chance for fans to feel smart. It's a chance for fans to be a GM for a little mm-hmm. bit. But I can't do it. I'm just like, bro, there's no way. Like, this could be wrong past pick five. Like, after pick five is over and your, your board's messed up. Like, your, your entire draft's messed up after, like, because, I mean, well, this mocks for the Niners taking Quinny Williams and they just took Bosa number two. This mocks for the Niners taking Henry Ruggs. 
at the pick they had last year, and then they traded back and then drafted Javon Kinlaw and traded back into the first round to get IU. No one had that, you know. No one's gonna have that. And then the, then the mocks with trades in them are, are even more out there to me. Kevin, like, there's no way you're getting that trade comp- compensation right. And then yeah, I mean, no way you're I trade right. Exactly. And I mean, I'm a guy that likes to make mocks because, first of all, the viewers love it. Second they of do. all, it's fun to do. do. <laughs> it's fun to do, and it's also just fun to read. And like, I always like reading guys. One Matt, even though like I know a lot of Niners fans hate him, but Matt Miller is a guy who I like reading his mock drafts because he talks to a lot of scouts. He gives some insight of what teams could be thinking, and also like even though. I don't really think their mock drafts are good. Walter football that I like how they put the other options there kind of give a decent sense of what teams are thinking, what they could be thinking at that position. So I, that's what I like about mock drafts for the experts and the guys who are paid to do this, or I'm, I'll just say the guys who paid to do this. Cause some of those guys are not experts in my opinion, but for the guys who are paid to do this, that's what they're doing. They have the sources. They know the guys they can get they can connect you with the team and say, hey, this is what this team could be thinking. This is what that team could be thinking. Here are some rumors that are all out there. And for the fans, it's really just to have fun. It's kind of like a bracket in in the in March Madness. It's yeah, exactly like a bracket. I hate them. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I you either love them or you hate them. I'm a guy yeah. that loves them because it's always fun to have fun. And when you nail a pick, let's say one of the picks, one of my hot takes for the draft is I strongly believe that the Bengals are not going to take Penai Sewell at five. If that happens, then people are going to be like, damn, you are right, man. You're looking really good. Get those viewers up. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I mean, I it guess it's not like a, Hey, look what I said. Then I, they weren't going to take this player. And then guess what? They didn't take this player or look also what I if said, I'm wrong, no one cares player. because it's a prediction. And like, I don't know anything about that. So it's, funny, it's, all I mean, of- it's, it's the, it's the biggest like content football content source there is like people love mock drafts they want to see who you want and who you got their favorite team picking people want to see that mm-hmm. they want but, to see the ideas yeah but i mean information on players i mean i guess the mock drafts for from the bigger writers is a good place to kind of get an idea of what players are good at and everything like that but um as far as like this them as like hey you know this is probably how the draft might go it's not you know you look at them every mock is going to be wrong Every mm-hmm. single one, but and, and, and for by me, the way, you're never going to get any information. You can find other ways to get it, in my opinion. But exactly, and by the way, you're not you're never going to get any round four anything day three. None of those picks are going to be right because the board is even, always so past, like your best bet to get anything right is maybe the whole first round. That's probably your best. Your, bet. First, your whole first low. round could be right, and that's like honestly, I think I'm doing a first is, round mock draft. I mean, it's not harder than a bracket, but. There's always a lot of surprises. You're going to get a surprise every year. It's impossible to figure out who's going to have that surprise. Actually, you know, it's kind of easy now. It's, it always seems like the Raiders are just going to have that surprise. I have one big surprise in my okay. mock draft that I keep mocking, but we'll have to see what happens. I am I mean, honestly, I definitely think that mocks, it, it's just for the fans. It's really, it's not, the teams don't care about it. It's the only part is just to get the fans involved. That's it. But yeah. I'm a mock draft fan. I'm going to keep doing mock drafts. I dedicated a whole series to mock drafts on my channel, Mock oh, Draft yes, Monday. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a mock draft guy. I'm, I'll happily do mock drafts all day. Yeah, I am the complete opposite. I cannot, can't do it. 
can't do it. <laughs> it's like, man, why am I doing this? It's gonna be wrong after pick. Like, and in this this draft, might be wrong after pick three. Might be oh, wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, Atlanta. <laughs> that's gonna be one of the most interesting pick. That the Atlanta pick is gonna control how this draft goes. Yeah. Maybe the Niners pick, depending on who they pick. But I think yeah, you have a good feeling that's gonna be Fields. Atlanta. After that, they could trade back. They could go Lance. They could go Kyle Pitts. They could go Jamar Chase. They could go like Panay Sewell. Discussing who you should pick at, at a certain pick is like, okay, that's fine. You're having a discussion for what direction they should go in. But saying who's going to go there and like mocking it for like an entire draft is just was like, man, we ain't got to do this. We can just debate who we want and don't want as this pick. Okay, guys, I'm okay with this guy, this guy, that guy. Guys, I don't want this guy, that guy, that guy. And then go from there. That's how I would do it. But – Hey, man, if, yeah. the, if the fans love the mocks, go ahead and mock away. The fans love it. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm a mock draft fan. So, yeah, we'll keep doing it. There's a lot of good mock guys out there, but I have my own approach. Uh, this is my first year really even really diving into the draft stuff like that. You know, because it's my first year making content during the offseason. But next mm-hmm. year, I'll probably – maybe I'll come around to it. You never know. Maybe I'll come around. I mean, you know I think the reason I really got involved with all the draft – because last year you had COVID – Everyone was kind of corn. You still have COVID, obviously. But last year, everyone was locked down. This year, it's a bit more loose and everything. You can go out a little bit, see friends, do whatever you want, as long as you're staying safe. But last year, was like complete lockdown. You can't really go out. What better thing to do than make mock drafts? Have some fun with it. That's always fun to do. And that's where, honestly, that's where I really fell in love with the draft. The 2020 draft, it always takes a while to get used to the players. But last year, I mean, you got to know a lot of good players. I really, everyone in the first round, for the first time, every first round pick, I knew a good bit about them. This year, I think I'll know the same thing because I know most of the round one, round two guys. Some round three, I also know the later round guys a little bit better than usual. But yeah, this I, is, mean, I mean, this is the most I'll know. I, I know the most right now than I ever have going to the draft. But oh yeah, you know. for sure. I mean, and making content I'm, does that to you. You're gonna have to know about players. So oh yeah, I mean, being a if, well, being a if you're a podcaster, you're just gonna a lot. I mean, the podcasters, what you guys do or what we do, I should say, is we make podcasts, we listen to podcasts. And that's how you're going to find guys yeah. that you can talk about. That's how you're going to find those late round steals. That's how you're going to find out more about Justin Fields. That's how you're going to find out about everything. So that's the joy of podcasting. And also, I'll just say out, the, I'll just say this for all, while we're talking about podcasting, for all the people who are thinking about starting a podcast, just do it. Just do it. It's so easy to do. All you need is, you can well, I mean, use if you want a phone. It, it's not easy, but if you want to start one, yeah, it's it's, it's a lot of ways. It's to easy it. to start one. Yeah, I mean, I'll. I mean, I my do not watch my old videos, please. Those are terrible. Oh, That's now, what happens. See, when now you're look. Now, that it's, now you brought it up, you're gonna go look. Yeah, I I I don't know why I brought that up, but it's terrible. <laughs> but but now, hey, now you can if you want to look it up, you can look it up and then listen to this podcast or my past streams. See the change. It's positive. And all you need. You just need this bad boy right here. I, I mean, I had a computer, luckily. I was fortunate enough to have one. But if you don't have one, just use a phone. You can record there, submit it, upload it wherever you want. Boom, you're good. And if you're going to record with a phone, just go to Anchor. Free app. Easy app. Anchor. That's, that's yeah, Anchor is easy. Just make, sure, just make sure you have an iPhone, not an Android. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> we even have to do that today. I'm always out here trying to – Hey, Android, Android gang, listen. 
We all hurting together. You see how you see how they do us? You see how iOS does us? You see how the Apple people do us? I didn't say a word today. <sighs> and all of a sudden he's like, nah, don't use no Androids though. Make sure you're not using no Androids. <sighs> <laughs> you always get mad at that. Always gotta bring that up every time. Android gang, stand strong, stand firm, hold the line. <laughs> don't give in. We are it's a good phone. Apple. We are a good phone base. Okay. A phone base. <laughs> phone base. I mean, you guys, I mean, the, the one thing that everyone just hates about Androids is because the group chats, hey, everything. Man, blame just, iOS for that. It doesn't have to be like this. Okay. It doesn't have to. No, we I blame could, Android. Could... <sighs> I'm blaming Android all day for that. I have one friend who has an Android. All my friends have iPhones, and he's the one that's messing everything up. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I won't lie. That would be aggravating if, like, everyone you talk to is, like, blue messages, and then you get your one Android friend who's, who's bringing green messages the green. into the chat. It's like, oh, bro, like, come on, man. It's so annoying. But when, when it Apple, is what it is. Android, this is uh, yeah, Apple, Apple for that. They didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the reason they do it is because iPads can text iPhones and stuff like that, and Androids yeah. can't do that. So it's like an iOS to iOS thing, and then when you get Androids involved, it's like, yep. The ugly it's green complicated, messages. But yeah, this became talking life, not talking niners. But hey, it's the end of the show. This is where we just start. This end of the Raiders. show. Always fun to just honestly, dude, like the the podcast where people just talk about their lives and like what they like to do. Those it's are some of my favorites. It's, it's yeah. entertaining, man. Like you can like, they just bring up one thing. You're just like, oh my God, I did that too. Yeah. And then you just kind of, it's, yeah. it's just a good thing to reflect on. It's life. like it reminds you like, hey, we're all human beings just living life we're all know? human beings we're all in this together living life always like that hey my life is not too different from yours it might be but it, hey, it probably some is but, there's some similarities there's all, all right. there's there's gonna be at least one similarity with everyone i've just learned <laughs> that just by connecting with a lot of, i've i especially in the past few weeks i've just connected with a lot more people there's you always find that yeah. one sweet spot between you two and then you just go on and on and on about that yep all right, uh, we're almost at an hour. Somehow we made this go really, really long. Um, like we were talking about, really we, we were talking about like androids and everything for like fifteen minutes. But. <laughs> All right, um, if you are, if you are not aware, the episodes are now available on YouTube as well as your regular podcasting services, uh, platforms, whatever, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also on YouTube now, if you want to see. Hey, as a matter of fact, breaking news: If you're listening to the podcast, I'm not wearing a hat or a headband today. So if you wanted to see my hair as it is for the first time ever, first time ever as a new podcast with him every week, I've never seen him without a hat or headband on. (laughs) So this is the first time I've ever as a content creator gone without headgear. So if you want to see my, my head as it is, uh, this is your chance. So go ahead and, um, it's also the first time I'm hiding up my hair today. I don't know why. So uh, will the hat? There come was back someone in the. Time? There was someone <laughs> funny. There, I, I know I'm gonna go on, but there was someone like in comment in the. I was on the nothing but Niner stream last night. There was just someone yeah. commenting about my hair the entire time. So <laughs> you know what? F this. I'm wearing a hood today. <laughs> I'm wearing a hood today. Why not? It's cold, colder than usual. Cloudy day. Good hood day. I woke up at five a.m. It was a little cloudy and, and uh, windy and cold in uh, all Carolina mm-hmm. today too. Mm-hmm. Hey, similarities. Weather's weird, man. Weather's weird. Just snowing Especially in April a lot of places. Every year, weather gets weirder and weirder. Exactly. Like snowing in Texas? Like, when does that ever happen? Never. Probably not it's for crazy, years. Man. But, crazy. All right. Um, That's going to do it. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, 
which I think is the only service where you can rate and review. Do that, please. Um, That's why Apple's better. We, we have no, a, I can't say I'm a Spotify guy. I cannot say that. I apologize. <laughs> Continue on. Due to the numbers, I know a lot of you guys listen to Apple Podcasts. The much like I think about like 70, 80% of y'all listen to Apple, on Apple Podcasts. But I'm going to call y'all out because we only got two reviews. Okay. I know a lot of y'all come back. I know a lot of y'all enjoy the show, the podcast, whatever. I need y'all to do better. Okay. Listen, we're trying to grow this thing. Okay. You know, we, we enjoy the, the small community we have now, the guys who listen now. But hey, we want to expand. You know, we want to get bigger. You know, so we could do more for you guys. So to do that, you guys need to do one thing and one thing only. Rate five stars and give a review if you want to. But the most why important not part do why stars. would you not do that? Like help like, us no point. out, man. Like listen, we do this for you guys, okay? Don't be I a could jerk. talk. I could talk nine years off the pod whenever I wanted to. I do it all day in my head. That's literally what we, we do before you. and after. <laughs> yeah, we talk. We talk nine years before we start. We talk after we end. We talk. You know. On Twitter, I, I talk to my all the time, but we take time out of our days to hop on the mics, hop in front of cameras, to um, enlighten everyone, to to uh, give our opinions to everyone, to maybe help teach everyone, to, uh, yeah, that stuff. Um, See, so yeah, I mean, if you appreciate that, if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy hanging with us for an hour to 45 minutes, whatever, however long it is, just, just toss it. It only takes like what, like two minutes at the most? Probably not even that. Just toss a little five star review. And uh, I guess I'm out. Should I do? I don't have anything to give away. No people do giveaways for that kind of stuff. I don't have any. <laughs> I don't have anything. We'll, we'll get something. We'll get something <laughs> going on. I don't. The process, I don't even know. I guess I'll buy something for someone and then ship it to them. Maybe this Jerry Rice football. Ooh. Stay tuned. Keep that. <laughs> <laughs> just anyway. it was the nearest thing near me we could give that away but we'll figure uh, that out okay if you don't want to if you don't want to do it now i guess we'll do a give for later but if i don't just do it now why wait hey actually as a matter of fact if you do it dm me at Kobe on twitter and i will figure something out so i'll, I'll write on listening to people who uh and i'll give i do a giveaway later when i have something but if you review, DM me, say hey with a screenshot of your review because if you don't, I'll, you could be lying to me. But yeah, you review, DM me, and I write your name down, and I'll figure something out at some point. So maybe one of you guys will get something from me because I appreciate you guys. Because I could be talking to nobody right now. I could just be talking to Air. You know, doing all this is just to, just for Air to hear me. But you guys listen, and I appreciate that. Me too. Your day. You guys are the best. Hour out of your day. So many things you could be doing. Listen to us. Touches me right in the heart. Right here. Y'all are the best. Something right there. You know, right, that's, <laughs> that's it from us. Um, yeah, we're also on YouTube, as I said. So talking on here on YouTube. I'll probably put the, the link in the description of this episode so you can find it there. And now that being said, the draft. It's six days away as you listen to this. We're almost there. Okay, it's getting it's getting crazy out there now, but we're almost there. As always, go Niners. See ya.
Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. WinBet Sportsbook again? Yeah, man. Want to get in on these bets with me? Okay, fine. Just signed up. Yes. See? WinBet. Told you. Sign up at winbet.com today using promo code BLUEWIRE to get up to $1,000 toward a risk-free sports bet. That's W-Y-N-N-BET and promo code BLUEWIRE. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.